Oh, hi. So before we get into the episode proper, there most of my issues and things that I had talked about in the episode obviously got addressed. I was talking about, well, we're still waiting for Immortal updates. We have no idea when the D3 PTR is going to come. Blizzard hasn't acknowledged, you know, any of the demands from the uh, Activision uh, Blizzard King Employee Worker Alliance. And, well, well, we, we got, you know, and since then we obviously have gotten the Immortal Alpha. We have the D3 PTR, which also looks equally amazing. And, you know, surprisingly, ATVI has actually begun to acknowledge most, not all, but most of the Blizzard employees' demands, which is, you know, props to them. They're one of the first companies of doing it because Riot and Ubisoft, you know, two of the other uh, big uh, names out there that are going through similar issues with their workforce haven't given them the light of day at all, in some cases longer than what has been going on with uh, the, the Blizzard drama over the last few months. So... A lot of the things I'm about to talk about in this episode have been invalidated, but, well, you know, sadly, uh, I recorded them prior to all of these updates and such, and I got busy, and obviously I've been playing the Immortal beta, and just, like, kind of, like, the, the BlizzCon melancholy of not being there, which would have been this weekend and such, has caused some delays in getting this ep uh, episode uh, edited and all that, but... Uh, I will leave you to it, and I will see you uh, in hopefully live uh, over at twitch.tv slash blizzpro as I'll be recording another episode uh, this upcoming Wednesday, which I believe is the 10th? Yes, the 10th. So I will see you all shortly. Good evening, workshoppers. Man, it's been a while. Now, I know I said that there would be some rough scheduling conflicts and such going on, you know, over the, uh, the, the next couple of months because of work and what have you, but yeah, I was, I was not quite expecting uh, the, uh, just how much my schedule would have been overloaded uh, two weeks ago when I was supposed to record this episode, uh, and then there, there just hasn't been an opportunity to go through and record a makeup episode, of course, until now, so... Uh, again, my apologies. It's it's been um, almost a month, you know, since the last episode. We did have the episode uh, two eighteen and a half because of the developer update, uh, but this does now bring us into the episode two nineteen, waiting for updates. It, it is it's one of those uh, forever interesting periods because we've got we got so much to look forward to. Uh, and yet, like, so much that's already going on, but it always feels that no matter what happens, what comes out, it's always just, like, waiting on the next thing. You know, oh, Diablo 2 Resurrected comes out, but we've got the Diablo 4 uh, dev block coming out shortly, right? And then after that comes out, well, we're still expecting that Diablo 2 PTR, and what's going on with Diablo Immortal? Uh, you know, we'll be covering these topics uh, in more, uh, as we go through the, this episode here. Um, and as you guessed it, we start every episode with talking about the ongoing legal issues facing Blizzard Entertainment and Activision Blizzard. Uh, and yeah, there have actually been quite a few things, you know, since the last episode in terms of uh, this. And it, it, it's funny because if I had done the episode, uh, you know, two weeks ago when I was supposed to have... There was, there was a lot of, like, big updates and changes then, and there have been further developments up until this point. 
Um, well, first off, I believe we are at now like the three-year anniversary of the Activision Blizzard King Worker Alliance going through and issuing a, a small statement of four reasonable requests to the company that has still continued to be uh, unanswered by the higher-ups. And this is something that we see uh, that is a, a, the same process that's happened over at, say, um, other companies that have been having a lot of these um, worker relation issues, such as like Ubisoft where they have, you know, a, a workers group that made a small list of demands. And it's like, you know, uh, removing, you know, forced arbitration clauses, having an outside, like, third-party, you know, representative that's that's picked by both the employees and the company in order to go through and look into these issues instead of, like, known union-busting firms coming in and looking at things that, of course, are always going to try and side things for the, the company itself. Uh, in you know, in place of that, we do at least have a statement from Activision Blizzard that was made earlier this week about, oh, they held like 40 employees accountable for their actions. Uh, some 20 had various levels of, um, you know, some sort of like, you know, they got they got in trouble. You know, some you know some form of uh, punishment was issued to these employees, while another 20 were just completely separated from the company, uh, completely. Uh, you know, and so I guess there's that, and it's just, it's funny seeing Fran Townsend, you know, talk about how they're holding all of these employees accountable for their irreprehensible uh, behavior, uh, when just, like, you know, three months ago she was saying that, you know, there there is no war in bossing, say, you know, none of these things are going through and happening in Activision, uh, none of, that all of these claims are without merit or they're old, you know, because that somehow invalidates, like, sexual harassment and, you know, and discrimination against your employees. Um, but yeah, uh, con continuing on that vein, uh, there is, of course, uh, we talked about the EEOC um, had went through and had filed a lawsuit against um, Activision Blizzard, uh, which was then because they the uh, talks had broken down between the two entities in terms of an ongoing investigation that had been uh, that they had uh, been having against ATVI, uh, and then the day that it happened, they reached an eighteen million dollar settlement. Um, and I had mentioned on some previous episodes that there was I wasn't sure because it was just some people talking about that part of the agreement that an employee would have to sign in order to receive funds from this lawsuit would be you know, absolving Activision Blizzard and all entities thereof of any type of accountability from anything else involving workplace harassment, sexual discrimination, you know, gender, race discrimination, or anything along those lines. And about how that, that might uh, negatively affect the state of California's, the, the DH, or the DFEH's um, lawsuit against Blizzard into these same exact things. They both have a, a large degree of overlap, and well, it seems that that was the case because the state of California filed, you know, an injunction against this um, settlement saying that it would irreparably damage the ongoing investigation and uh, legal case that it has against Blizzard Entertainment. You know, if they sign these waivers, it absolves Blizzard of any wrongdoing uh, in relation to their case and makes it so that way they can't actually pursue any damages or anything like that. And so now this has actually started a legal feud between the federal entity and the state level entity of this, uh, this ongoing, you know, shit show, uh, of, uh, legal proceedings, uh, because, you know, the EEOC then went through and filed 
a lawsuit against, you know, the state of California saying, oh, there's an ethics violation here because the two lead attorneys uh, that, the, that the state of California has with the ongoing legal case against Blizzard were formerly attorneys at the EEOC that were going through and working on the case that they were building against Blizzard uh, that came about to that $18 million lawsuit that then left, went to uh, went to work for the state of California and which filed this other you know lawsuit against them because of a law in the state of California that makes it that if you were a federal attorney, uh, it is a uh, ethics violation to then work to go from a federal case to a state level case uh, and that you basically kind of like have to recuse yourself. And then going through and then seeing that lawsuit from EEOC against the state of California, Blizzard filed their own motion in their lawsuit uh, that uh, in their lawsuit with the state of California, saying that, oh, well, until that's figured out, this whole case should be paused, and actually the whole case should be thrown out because if those are two attorneys have been the ones that are steering this entire case, well, then everything in the case itself is then at that point moot and can't be used in the court of law. And so it's just, it's like one of these one, there's one of these whole things that it's like, it looks like it, there's some sort of like giant like ego contest going on where the EEOC lost a couple of their high up attorneys uh, to the state of California and then they have a better case against Blizzard than the feds do. Not to mention that, you know, I would, as we talk about like these ethic violations and all those other types of stuff, you know, Fran Townsend worked at the Justice Department for a good number of years. What is what is the higher-ups, you know, and the head attorneys and things like that at the EEOC, what type of relationship do they have with Fran Townsend? Because it's one of those that it looks like the whole thing with their lawsuit, you know, going and saying, oh, talks broke down, so we're suing Blizzard, and then, like, three hours later, we reached an agreement, and it's like $18 million, which is like, that's not, that doesn't even count as a slap on the wrist you know that we we talked about in previous episodes with the like financial breakdowns that is nowhere near close to even being a slap on the wrist you know we, you want to talk about ethics like this is just like at this point it's just like the the you know the federal agency having a dick measuring contest with the state of california with who can hold blizzard accountable more you know the eeoc wants their win they want to say they did the good job despite the fact that it's obviously like a whole bunch of bullshit. Um, and then the state of California is actually wanting to go through and hold Activision Blizzard, specifically Blizzard Entertainment, uh, accountable for all of these alleged actions. And, you know, they're now having to fight the other agency that should also be going after Blizzard. Like, they should be teaming up together, not fighting over, you know, who's the one that gets to, to sue the the company i don't i don't know it's just like it's so like it's so messed up it, it's just it's just like an ongoing shit show and there's no other way to describe it uh but you know uh the uh the judge presiding in the case uh with between the state of california and blizzard entertainment um throughout blizzard's uh motion for a pausing the case you know uh, there was no reason given he just you know threw it out but we still have to wait and see how this whole thing plans out because, you know, when it comes down to it, the word of law is that I do believe that the EEOC is going to win their case against uh, California and that those two attorneys that are in charge of this investigation are going to have to recuse themselves. 
That doesn't mean that the case itself is going to uh, stop, but it is a it is a, a yet another hurdle that the state of California is going to have in order to go and prove all these allegations against Blizzard and holding them responsible, you know, for these things that are going through and happening. So it's uh, it's fucked, man. <laughs> Forgive my language, but god damn. You know, is it just screwy, to say the least? Uh, but, of course, I, as I've said before, uh, any, any type of information or updates that come from this ongoing legal proceedings, I will open every single episode with it, because I believe in a better Blizzard. I want Blizzard Entertainment to be a better company for its employees, and that means that they will make better games for us, the consumers. Um, but actually, you know, going on to more Diablo-centric information and, you know, some some other positives and negatives that have been going on within the, the Diablo community. Uh, I say this every single episode, but um, PTR win. Um, you know, we, we, again, have, like, no inkling of when the Diablo 3 uh, PTR is going to go through and pop up, though every day that it doesn't come is another day that we're closer to it. Uh, it should be somewhere uh, soon. You know, I... I understand that we're now kind of going into like four month seasons instead of three month seasons but even then like with the timing and all of that if we don't see something like within like the next week or two is going to be really pushing it because they're not going to launch a patch you know like on thanksgiving or at least i hope not they've blizzard has done it before i mean they've released shadowlands you know that same week and it's just it's something that creates just a lot of um, pressure around playing the game and family and other things like that. So I would I would hope in light that they don't do that. Uh, so if we don't see a PTR, say, like, next week, uh, it probably is going to be another week or two because I, be, I would be perfectly okay with them not starting uh, the next season until, like, the first or second week in December. It's going to be, I know it's going to be an extremely long season, and nobody likes that, but people are having fun still with the ethereals. I'm about halfway on my ethereal hunt of going through and finishing that, so a little bit extra time I'm 100% okay with, uh, because I have been playing a little bit more Diablo 3 these past couple of weeks than Diablo 2, uh, and I'll get, I'll get into some of that in a little bit. But yeah, it will be interested in seeing what they're going to go and follow up with, because the ethereals is one of you know, like, the funnest seasons that they've done in quite some time. I want to say, you know, ever since, like, either the, the, the Legacy of Nightmares or the Ring of Royal Grandeur seasons, where just little changes like that can have some huge, you know, big benefits. And I, I can't wait and see what they come out with next, especially given, like, the extended season, the expanded staff, uh, and, you know, what else, what else that they've got uh, and have been able to come up with. Uh, in terms of Diablo Immortal, we don't really have anything uh, official. There's been no news on that side. Though I have been seeing some chatter on like Reddit and on Twitter that uh, apparently there have been some like updates in the, the previous like uh, alpha client that if you still had that on your phone from the, the, the closed alpha earlier in the year, that there have been like some of the, the messages have changed or something. So there's obviously some sort of you know you know thing that's going on in the background with Immortal. Yet, you know, we still have no idea uh, when that's going to happen. We, we do know, at least, you know, as I've talked about on previous episodes, that they, they pushed back the game um, until, like, I believe it was, like, early 2022. Uh, it's, like, either first quarter or first half of 20, uh, 2022, namely because they want to implement 
you know, a lot of changes that they found during the last closed alpha in their commitment to controller support, uh, except that, of course, that adding in that controller support is a huge commitment that's having to go through and um, add it to the game, uh, you know, whatever whatever on the back end that has, has to be changed in order to add that type of uh, support in is, you know, significant enough that it's caused them to delay the game where they were, like, hard set on launching this year. Uh, so, we, you know, we, we might see, uh, you know, uh, something more from Immortal in the coming months, though, it, it might not be because remember the first technical alpha was like the week after Christmas, so we might not see you know anything until until like that time period. You know when we get to like you know the December January area, but we'll we'll wait and see. Uh, and obviously you know since the the last episode, uh, there has been a lot of chatter uh, and a lot of stuff going on with Diablo Two Resurrected. You know, there was, of course, some server issues at launch, but unlike what happens in a lot of games, those server issues actually got worse as time went on. Um, you know, the game stability was at an all-time low. There's tons of crashes, miscellaneous errors, characters getting deleted, characters in overall progression getting rolled back. Um, tons of issues and problems, but Blizzard, you know, went through and actually, uh, in kind of like the, the interest of openness, had a, a big uh, thread on their forums going through and discussing a lot of the problems that they were having uh, and the issues that they were facing and some of the things that they were going to, to try and implement in order to mitigate these issues, you know, as well as what they're going to be doing in order to try and prevent them wholesale going forward. And a lot of it comes down to just um, you know ancient uh, code, ancient tech, uh, and things that were just never designed in order to handle anywhere near the number of players that are playing it right now in you know the the structure of having just one centralized global database for all characters in the entire world uh that is you know fed information from a whole bunch of you know regional databases and you know that same uh, mechanic also like queuing uh and pulling information from other aspects of the game that was kind of like a one catch-all um source of code that was just expanded to its limits and then taken beyond that and broke uh, and it just created issues with how the, the game itself plays as a whole. And some of the things that they've implemented, at least temporarily, in order to go through and get by these issues is, um, you know, bringing in, uh, you know, a, a hard limit to how often that you can exit and create games. Uh, that, like, say, if you fail to join a game or if you close out a game, there's like a minute period before you can create an, another one. Uh, you know, there's uh, just an overall limit on how many games that you can create, like, say, per hour, like how it used to be on Battle.net. Um, and then one of the, the biggest, and has become a point of contention, is uh, queues. In order to try and handle, you know, this thing with how the, the databases write to one another, uh, also kind of, like, responsible for, like, the... the, the I, they, they got really techy in this explanation, and it is well above my head or my level of understanding. But it seems that also, like, just the, the aspect of, like, logging in your characters and such um, affects the way that these databases, like, write and talk to one another. And so they had to implement a queue, uh, you know, to slow the, the entrance of people, you know, into the servers, as well as, you know, that generally means that there's also some sort of server or player cap uh, that is implemented. And, you know, some people were going through and complaining, oh, why is Blizzard, you know, why is there a queue, like, at 9 o'clock in the morning Eastern time, but there's not one at night? And, well, you know, as, we, as we've seen, uh, I think it was uh, Thunderclaw on Reddit went through and posted, you know, some information showing that, like, Diablo 2 
is like the second most popular game in like uh, Korea. That a lot of the a lot of the the culture around gaming over there is the the PC bongs, kind of like the the land centers, uh, as opposed to like playing the game like at home. And it uh, Diablo 2 Resurrected actually increased in popularity from its launch to like the point where it is now. And so like during some of their prime time gaming hours, which also kind of like lines up with uh, starting to get into early afternoon with a lot of Europe where the game itself is also extremely popular makes for the, the mornings in NA to be uh, pretty crowded and have some queues whereas we start to get into like the American prime time don't have quite as bad queues although it, it still can go through uh, and hit there as well uh, and you know and this has also caused like a whole bunch of issues like implementing those queues you know, there's a delay in how that they do patches on console where they can push a patch on Battle.net instantly, but it has to go through an application process at Microsoft and Sony before they can go through and implement it. But the change was already made on the back end, and so you had people that were trying to log in on console and that they had this queue system, but no way of actually communicating that information to the player, and so they're just constantly getting these massive disconnect you know, um, you know, uh, warnings and issues and such. And you just have to sit there and then just mash trying to reconnect, 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 and it can take, you know, hours because of just how broken it is. And while that has since been pro, uh, has since been finished, it is some of those, like, considerations that you have to take into account that when a game is cross-platform on both P PC and console, uh, that, you know, a lot of other games, uh, they just break off, they might have, um, you know, cross-play between consoles, but they might not necessarily have cross-play uh, between consoles in PC. But there are a lot that do, but yeah, you you actually have to plan out that when you're in charge of your own platform, you can patch whenever you want to. But if it's something that requires a player-side update, um, that you you might be, you know, a week or two out before those things can hit console, and so you have to be careful. Uh, you know, it, it was one of those ones where it's like, it, it sucks, but... You know, the, the game was jank and kind of in, had, had extreme playability problems already, but it created an extremely negative impact without a lot of explanation or anything on the console side. You know, and it's something that, you know, with the, the current implementation, it's not, it's not perfect, but it at least is making the game playable. Uh, the servers are far more stable. You don't have um, anywhere near uh, the level of um, you know, reports of character rollback, rollbacks or anything along those lines. Uh, you know, it still it still pops up like occasionally, but that's just you know, it probably you know it's something that we all experienced playing on Battle.net back in the day, uh, and so hopefully it's uh, occurring at no more than uh, rate than that. Uh, but Blizzard isn't stopping there. It's not like they're just going through and putting in the queue and saying that's it, we're done. They are trying to break out, you know, some of that kind of like legacy code uh, where it's this giant, you know, one single, you know, uh, program that runs in the background that's handling many different aspects of the game and trying to pull out some of those aspects and, you know, kind of like, you know, uh, divide the beast up so that way they can um, cr uh, try and eliminate some of these bottlenecks. So that way the idea would be there's not going to be a queue in order to log into the game. There's not going to be... Um, you know, there's not going to be a limit to how often you can join the game. Because, like, right now, the game doesn't care. If you typed in the password wrong and failed to connect to the game, you have to wait a minute before you can connect to anything else. 
you know, and that's that's how that's how strict the system is right now. Uh, but eventually, they are going to ease back on those limitations as they go and give updates. And this all kind of plays into why there was no ladder at launch. Uh, you know, and so we can we can be thankful at least that we've got those ladder only items and key uh, rune words and such uh, that we can all go through and play with um, at the moment. Uh, but it will be interested in seeing you know when or if they feel that the game is ready for actual ladder content, because once that once that hits, you know, there's a lot of people that were just kind of like going through and playing and putzing around, but you know they're they're waiting for the ladder. They're they're waiting for that kind of like a little bit more of that competitive edge. In order to get in there and you know see what happens who, who's going to be like the, the first 99 and such and then also while on the topic of diablo 2 resurrected and ladders though the past couple of weeks there has been um, a little interview like a, a, a japanese interview that's going around that was starting the rumor that was claiming that one that the like the lead developer on diablo 2 resurrected was saying that ladders would include uh new rune words and new powerful monsters uh, and where the you know there's um, a bunch of translations and big props to to Riker on like really digging deep into investigating this you know that yeah everyone's going through and saying that you know, the the things that they're saying in this interview are pretty clear cut they're saying that in relation to ladders there's going to be new uh, there's going to be new rune words and there's going to be new monsters um, to the point that Riker was like well this is not something that's ever been discussed that they're going to have like kind of like you know ladder themed ladders or seasons or anything along those lines to mirror what Diablo 3 or Path of Exile do. Um, and so Riker actually went and reached out to Blizzard Entertainment for a direct um, comment from them and, uh, you know, uh, breaking a lot of what uh, Blizzard's standard MO is just not say anything. We won't, we won't discuss rumors or anything. Uh, but I guess it's because it actually was involved with, you know, one of the lead developers that they did want to, they did decide to clarify that this one was probably something that was just lost in translation and that the dev actually meant to go and say that these, that they had implemented the rune words and the ubers on non-ladder to make up for, you know, the, the future ladder content being delayed and not having the ladder at launch. And that was a little bit of a, you know, a m mistake uh, you know, just, you know, what happens when, you know, you have one side communicating in one language and then going through translators in order to go and get to the other side and such. And, you know, that, that thing is, uh, you know, understandable. It happens, right? Uh, you know, uh, but also, I guess, uh, what is it? Um, just today, I believe it was announced that Vicarious Visions is going to be dropping their name. Uh, just to go through and say, like, it isn't, it isn't just, like, you know... Oh yeah, Blizzard owns Vicarious Visions, and they're still Vicarious Visions, and they're they're going to uh, you know be operating, you know doing whatever it is that they want. But now it's going to be you know like uh, I believe uh, the article I read on Wowhead was saying that the name that's being thrown around is potentially being called uh, Blizzard Albany. You know, it'd be cool to have like I don't know Blizzard East, you know, kind of like theming with uh, studios of uh, of the past. But it is Vicarious Visions is now. You know, Blizzard. They're they're not not going to be working on any other Activision titles or anything like that. It's all just they are Blizzard. And as we know, they're already hiring developers for Diablo Four. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see what comes of that uh, kind of uh, code development structure. I, I've pondered on this one quite a bit um, with what the the potential that has when it comes to future updates for Diablo Four, since it's supposed to be an open world kind of like living, breathing game. And, and what we might see in the future. 
Um, and speaking of Diablo 4, well, we just had that developer's blog a couple weeks ago. We don't really expect to see anything else, uh, you know, until probably December, you know, for the, the quarter four to wrap up the year in terms of updates for D4. Though, um, there has been a some, I guess, some slightly sad news in the fact that uh, Blizzard has announced this week that they are canceling BlizzCon Line. Um, and so, the, you know, we did not have a BlizzCon this year. And if you've been following me on Twitter, I've been tweeting out some of my memories of the last BlizzCon back in 2019. Because that was one that was, you know, one of the most memorable for me. Not just being, you know, the, the announcement of Diablo 4, but just like hanging out with friends and other stuff like that. So if you want some of my memories of past BlizzCons, you know, feel free to check my Twitter. I'll be updating it every day through like the majority of that, that trip uh, that I went through. Um, you know, but uh, with no BlizzCon this year, the Blizzard had stated they'd be doing a BlizzCon line um, follow-up, you know, early uh, 2022, you know, just as we had this, this you know, earlier this year. Uh, but they've now said that just the, uh, the moment isn't right with, uh, you know, the ongoing issues that they have internally and as they continue to work out stuff, that the level of commitment across all the teams uh, and, you know, every member at Blizzard is a, it's a very high bar to meet in order to put on something, even online and in a reduced fashion, that BlizzCon line is. And so it's just not the right time. As we talked about in the beginning of the episode with the ongoing legal troubles, you know, that have been plaguing the company, it just makes sense. You know, you, you've got, you know, all of these employees that are just going through, you know, doing their best. Many employees that are going through, um, you know, and leaving the company, they just can't, you know, deal with it or they don't want to be continually confronted, you know, with the, these, you know, ghosts and past transgressions that have been enacted upon them uh, that they, you know, just looking for, you know, something else out in the industry or leaving the industry altogether. Um, and then, you know, you have other things like, say, uh, some very active stuff like over on Overwatch, you know, Jesse McCree, who is one of the, the people that was separated from the company, uh, that was, you know, uh, expected to have been something with on these ongoing allegations. Uh, you know, his character was renamed in Overwatch to Cole Cassidy, uh, and as well as an ongoing list of changes uh, in World of Warcraft. And while all there's there is a, a vocal group out there in the community that are saying like you know this this doesn't make up for you know everything you know that's been alleged against blizzard and it doesn't it doesn't but you know the people the development teams themselves don't really have any say or input in how the company responds or enacts you know to these allegations or enforcing you know policy changes and such but you know these individual artists developers community members and such what they can do is implement changes within their own game that they do have control of the, over that sphere and a lot of the changes that have been happening in world of warcraft when you you dig down into the conversations that are being have you know these are these are changes that the wow developers want for themselves these are things that they're not they're not renaming characters. They're not changing. They're not changing. You know, uh, portraits of you know women into fruit bowls. You know, for the community. You know, at large. But it's changes that the developers themselves are wanting to go through and see. And these are for reasons that we really have no idea. Are these like, you know, are these art assets that were created by you know uh, former predators? 
were these, you know, lines of dialogue that were approved, you know, by complete and total, you know, assholes and such? Were there, were there internal jokes made about employees that these references got made into the game and such? These are things we have no idea, but the staff does. And so that's why most of these changes that you see going on, excuse me, in World of Warcraft, you know, they're not, they're not for us, the players. They're, they're for the developers themselves. So it, it, it's not meant to take the place of actually holding people accountable or, you know, going through an enabling change in order to address some of these systemic issues that have, you know, as we now know, been plaguing Blizzard for years and years. Uh, but they're, you know, meant as some form of, you know, making it, uh, you know, as a form of a catharsis, you know, for some of the, the developers themselves to make these changes. And, you know... Who's to, who's to have anything negative to say about that, really? Um, you know, so we, we, we've had some updates. We're, we're still looking forward to some updates uh, in terms of uh, Diablo. I, I definitely look forward, you know, to going through recording where, where we might be at with the next episode. You know, what type of updates are we going to have for Diablo 2? Are we going to have uh, a, maybe a better path towards ladder? You know, from the developers there, are we going to have any updates on um, how some of these major system changes, these back-end system changes are going? Will we have, you know, some sort of timeline? Is this something, can we expect ladders this year? Is it going to be something that's going to be coming next year? Um, you know, uh, and then also the other the other big one on my radar, of course, is I, I hope by the time that we have the next episode that we're going to have the new PTR for Diablo 3. Um, but, you know, that's definitely a, uh, a wait and see. Uh, on that one. Uh, with that, that will bring me to the, uh, the the end of this episode. I uh, I do hope that you had a, a, a good, fun time uh, going and listening, despite all of the the negatives that have been going on within you know the the Blizzard community and the Diablo community. It it is still a good time to be a Diablo fan. Um, you know, between all of the uh, you know all of the updates that the, the franchise has been receiving, as well as you know, the, the future stuff that we have coming, you know, maybe there might be some hope that Diablo 2 Resurrected will get some future updates. Uh, and not just beyond, like, oh, going through and redoing season, but we'll actually have something that pushes pushes the envelope a little bit further than what the, uh, the game is. Because, uh, you know, I'm not sure... I'm not sure about you, but, you know, I enjoyed, I had a lot of fun. There were some issues, of course, with service stability and lag and joining friends' games and such, but I, I had a lot of fun going through and playing the game, but it's something that was just, like, I, I, I had issues, like, going and getting, you know, through hell. There, there's part of me that's just, like, I want to do it just to say I did it, but it's, like, Maybe I should just play a class I have not done in a while or I've never done before, like an Amazon, you know, just because it's like, I, I, it, it's the same game that I remember. And while it's a lot of fun and it easily took like, you know, uh, 30-ish, I got like a great like 30-ish hours out of it, uh, it is, it's the same game that I remember. And as you go through and continue to play on it's just like some of the issues of just like one of those old games that it's like oh okay i got to hell now let me go back to nightmare and then just farm for a couple of days in order to get some extra levels and some extra gear before i can progress you know through hell and it's just going and repeating you know how many like pendle runs or bloody runs you know andy runs you know and stuff like that can you go through and do 
uh, just to go and progress up. And it's just, you know, I've done Ubers. I've done all of that stuff. You know, I don't really have any, any goals to achieve in Diablo 2 Resurrected. Um, and so it's just, I guess I'm waiting for something a bit uh, new, a, uh, a bit different. You know, I, I'm definitely going to be there when, when ladders go through and come out. But I guess I feel at the moment, I guess it's just a bit a lack of direction a lack of having a goal in mind in order to uh, to keep the game going and something that obviously is a, a bit easier with you know Diablo 3 and it, like the seasonal journey and the new like content that gets thrown in there but I guess I was just maybe expecting something a bit uh, newer uh, with uh, D2R it's just it's something about the you know the endless loot grind just isn't as appealing but then I'm also being pulled in a whole bunch of directions you know I've got a, a competitive mindset with Age of Sigmar uh, you know, going through and trying to build up, you know, the, the local like Warhammer League that I'm now like a, a, a TO in, and just you know a lot of other things that are pulling me in a bunch of different directions. And so when I sit down and play a game, I need, I guess I, I need to try and prioritize my time, and I want you know specific goals in mind because otherwise, the same time that I'm spent doing this, I can be doing you know something for another hobby or something, uh, you know. And so it's just I don't know, weird, weird place to be in very weird place to be in i'm sure all of the the work-related stress hasn't been helping out in that uh, aspect either but uh i'm still here still a happy member of the diablo community i'm still going to be creating content you know i'm you know i might be missing you know some episodes with just like going through and looking at um you know my work schedule for the, the coming months might might still be missing some episodes you know uh so just just expect that and just like last year might take a break in like december when things you know get um, like really out of control and all that other such, but we'll we'll see, we'll see. You know, we'll we'll talk about that stuff later. Uh, but again, you know, thank you all for going through, joining, and listening to the episode here. Whether you're going through and listening on iTunes, you know, Stitcher, whether you're watching the show uh, on a VOD or on YouTube, you know, feel free to go through, leave comments, send me emails. I love you know questions, comments, feedback, or even just news tips and such that I got with in regards to like some of the the legal battles and such that have been going on. You know, feel free to drop them over at Westmarch Workshop at BlizzPro.com. You know, or you can follow the show on Twitter over at the WM Workshop. You can follow my personal account, Nineball Gamer, on Twitter, you know, for updates and such. And then, of course, I record the show live here every other Wednesday at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific at twitch.tv slash bluespro. Um, you know, and, you know, with that, I wish you all a good evening, and I will catch you all next time.